0: What's up everybody, my name is Mark Kumar. I'm a lifestyle entrepreneur. So today I have someone really, really special who's gonna help you in your very personal life that's gonna help you succeed in your business. I'm sure if you're an entrepreneur and you have been on this journey for a long time, There's going to be a time when you're like, oh my God, I wish I had somebody in my life, whether it be your special partner, girlfriend, boyfriend, or your significant other, that you can truly share some of the successes and failures that you had if you are looking for that someone special in your life this is the podcast you want to listen to because my dear friend Lisa is going to help you find the one who can be in your life, share the good, the bad, and the ugly with you, and be there with you. She's going to give you some really, really secret tips that you can use to find up special someone in your life, and you are going to be truly blown away. I know when I was Listening to this and recording it and asking a question. I was truly blown away. I was like, oh my god This is amazing. So if you are in your life at that point where you're like I have success now I want to find somebody who's gonna be there and who I can share my good days my bad days and Anything in life and that that way you guys can create your life together and go forward and live a happy life, a fulfilling life and passionate life. If that is something you are looking for. I really, really want you to listen to this whole show. If you're truly in a position where you're like, hey man, I need help. I just don't know what I'm doing. I'm a type A person who works, 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 I just don't have the time or the day to find somebody who I can connect with. So Lisa is gonna give you some tips that, that will help you fit that thing in your life, that way you can go find somebody. And she's gonna also tell you where you can find that special someone. And you'll be surprised to know where would that be. So I'm really excited, I'm really pumped. So let's get this party on the road. Here's Lisa to help you out with your loved one. Hi,
1: I'm so happy to be here with everybody. Thank you for having me. Um, Yes, I am Lisa Concepcion. I'm a certified professional life coach who specializes in dating and relationships. And I formed a company called LoveQuest Coaching. You can find it on lovequestcoaching.com. And I started that in 2015 after I had healed myself from codependency after a prior divorce. So I had been married to my college sweetheart we were together a total of 24 years, dating and married, all of it. And the ending of that relationship and all of the things that happened within it was such a journey and it gave such wisdom that when I ended this relationship, I realized I was codependent, I had so much healing to do. There was just things that I did within that marriage that were very rooted in an upbringing and wiring and programming that happened as a little kid so once i came out the other side of that i felt so compelled and inspired to help other people because i knew that if i knew what i know now back in my marriage my marriage probably would have been saved i would have come at it from a whole different perspective so it was a really big time paradigm shift for me and so i figured well If I could do good for other people and make my mess, my message and my journey kind of a gift for others to benefit from, then, you know, it was definitely something that I felt called to do.
0: That is such an awesome story. I'm sure people <laughs> who are in that, in that situation right now, they can definitely use your services right now because I, I know for firsthand, especially in New York, it takes a hell of a long time to find somebody that you actually connect with and you want to be with. And when you have that somebody, you don't want to lose it, but there's obviously some things that happens within the relationship. that causes yeah. it. So can I ask you some uh, questions in regard to when you were in your relationship at what point did you decide, or you had this idea, like this is not gonna work out? Like, just so I have a. Wow. Point. So
1: you know, it was. Um, I knew something was up with me. Um, probably like 2005. There was this like restlessness to me. It was a a very um, feeling of not being fulfilled, and I knew I loved my husband. And I just felt like the life we were living wasn't the ideal life. It wasn't so much him as it was the lifestyle that we were buying into. And it was very much rooted in a lot of like programming from when you're little about how you're supposed to work and what you're supposed to do. It's a lot of supposed to living as opposed to just really being with ourselves and saying, how do we want to live? What is our best life? What does this look like? And then as a team, create a plan to make that happen. And if it meant moving to where it was warm or moving to, you know, wherever away from everything we knew that was safe and familiar, we would have to explore that if that's what our soul's calling was, but we were just so not open to any possibilities. My, Um, husband at the time, his mother, my mother-in-law, ex-mother-in-law now, lived 12 houses away. So it was a very familial, you don't leave kind of thing. And I was like, oh my God, like I, I, I wanted to fly. I was like, we, and I didn't mind it. I was like, okay, if we have to stay, but like, let's live in a different way, like with work. And it was just like a perfect storm of economy and just job losses and disconnection. And it was just, you know, if you don't have a solid foundation and we thought we did, like we were really, really close friends. I'll put it to you this way. My ex-husband and I, we met when we were 20. He's now soon to be 50. I'm turning 49 in like two weeks. And we still never had children, but we still grab lunch we look for each other we're on social media we consider each other family from 20 years old to th- we i mean separated 39 and got divorced at 45 so that's a long time right to be in somebody's like like 24 years of somebody's life and those formative years i mean to have a whole life together a house a whole thing um you know to to just walk away from that you know we were like in love with each other as people but who we were in that marriage that couldn't work that definitely could not work it wasn't sustainable
0: right so i understand i just have a really i'm just curious about obviously this topic that's why we are having this conversation because if what i like based on my past relationships right uh, once you are in a relationship everything is going good for like first two two months three months or even six months whatever i think some of the problems that comes along is like when you start to get comfortable and then you just mm. like stay home and you don't want to do anything is mm-hmm. there something like that that happens to you that caused you to like hey i need to get out i'm I need, i'm a free bird i need to fly away <laughs> well
1: yeah i mean luckily uh, my ex-husband and i chose to not have children we were child-free couples so okay. We had vacations and we lived right outside of New York City. So we were always doing things that wasn't really the thing. I think it was a broader scope of a vision for the marriage, a goal that we were both on board for. So we would do really, really well when it came to home repair or renovation because it was a project. And and also planning vacations with friends. We'd play like travel agent. You know, everybody wanted to travel with us. So we would like pick out the resort. We'd get our friends together and really plan this thing. So when it came to these little short bursts of projects to do, we were fantastic at that. We were great at that. But when it was like sit down and talk about the vision of our lives, like why are we together and what are we doing on the planet, right, as a couple? Like what are we doing here? And it's definitely not just going to offices and working and then paying bills and waiting to die. Like, there's more to life. And I feel like that conversation, when it was had in 2007, 2008, 2009, right at the time of the market collapse and recession and job loss, and just it was a lot to take in. And, you know, couples went in. Struggle, you know when stuff happens in your life, you either look towards one another or you look away from one another and Unfortunately, for a time, we were looking towards each other, but we were looking at like who's got the answer, Nobody has the answer, and we did not have faith as the under uh foundation holding us. There was no faith, it was very where it's he and I against the world, or he and I, and that's it. Meanwhile. There is so much to be said for faith. And when you don't have faith of any kind, you're, you know, you're, just, you're just aimless. Right. And that happens in business. You know, if I didn't have faith and step into my faith because after my divorce and my subsequent healing, and I'm not a religious person, but I am very spiritual, I even developed that spiritual side of me even more intensely. And that was the catalyst for my healing that understanding that there are forces at play, that my thoughts become things, that my circumstances can be shifted and changed as I think um, and as I speak. And I started to become very, very mindful of law of vibration, law of attraction, different universal laws, and I started to work in accordance with those laws. And I believe that's what helped me create this business. I don't think there's an accident in this. I don't think that there's an accident where My childhood had to be the way it is. My marriage had to be the way it is. Everything was in divine order to bring me right here talking to you and your fine audience to help a bunch of people. And I believe that there's more for me ahead and that's to be revealed. And I have a vision for myself and I know the type of people I want to help, the kind of people who are open for the help that I offer and reaching out. On platforms like this as much as possible to help them by sharing my own story that's pretty much what i've been doing and what i intend to continue to do
0: awesome so can you share with you the very first client or the person you helped and when they came to you how did you first feel like hey i need your help and then (laughs) share with you what were your experience was like that
1: Okay. So I started coaching in 2015, but I got certified as coach in 2017. So I was coaching a little bit. I had another job, like I had the daytime, you know, the day hustle while the side hustle was kind of ramping up. And then ultimately, obviously I shifted completely into coaching. So during that time, um, I feel like it was like a blur. I I was learning how to, you know, just find people to coach and coach them. Once I got certified in 2017, then it was the game changer. Then it was like, okay, now I know what I'm doing. I actually have a modality. I have a method. Um, I understand the difference between therapy, coaching, mentoring, and um, consulting. And so I was able to draw upon all of these things to create my business and and my own special approach to coaching, which is, it's like a cocktail. There's mentoring in there. There's There's definitely um, consulting in there because I come with all this wisdom. I come with what I know, what I know, right? And then there's also coaching in that I inspire people to come to their own conclusions. And I ask them certain questions so that they can connect the dots and have those moments where they're like, I know what happened. I get it now, you know, and they have these great breakthroughs and you're, and, and you're helping them arrive at that on their own so that it's sustainable because when they figure it out on their own, it sticks, it lasts. Right. You know? So to answer your question, my first client was a woman who hadn't been on a date in years, years, I want to say about five years and yeah, so she hadn't been on a date for five years and she, she was doing incredibly well professionally. The people who I tend to work with are these type A go-getters who they're doing great in their careers, but for whatever reason, they don't know why they're struggling with their love lives. And we get to the root of why. And sure, as many of my clients now that I see, this woman had exactly that you know, go-getter type of thing going on, but she was very burnt out in her career. And when you're burnt out professionally, And there are aspects of your professional life that just is not working with for you anymore. It's going to trickle into other aspects of your life, mainly relationships. So sometimes we see people who are go-getters and they're building businesses and they love what they're doing. They love it, but they don't allow the space for that other person to come in. And then they wonder why they're alone. And it's like, well, talk to me about your day. You wake up in the morning and you do what? Oh, I, I turn on the news. I go take a shower. I'm like, okay, you have no morning ritual. So you don't do anything for yourself in the morning. No. Do you work out? No. Do you meditate? No. Like, what's the first thing you do when your eyes open in the morning? Well, I wake up with an alarm and then I reach for my phone. And I'm like, and then what do you do? I scroll the news. I scroll, you know, the weather, the news, and then I'll reach for the remote and I'll put the TV on. So I'm like, wow. Like, I listened to these people and that was my life. 10 years ago, more, 12, 15 years ago, that was my life. That was how I started my day. With the exception of reaching for my phone, because back then I had a Blackberry and nobody was on the phone. It wasn't a smartphone like now.
0: <laughs> but,
1: back, but it was the same type of routine. I'd wake up with an alarm, put on Matt Lauer and the Today Show people on the TV, get my news, filling my head with all of this drama and toxic and awfulness go take a shower and off to the work day I went. And then I did it, repeat, repeat. And then Friday, rah, rah, the weekend, do it again. And I just wasn't fulfilled in that. So I find that a lot of the clients that I get are very um, professionally directed. And so they're depleted because they don't have a self-care practice. They aren't um, working for a greater fulfillment. They're working for just like paying bills and because somebody told them they should be a lawyer or should be, you know, a banker or whatever. They're not really connected in a profound way to the, what it is that they're doing. So we get, we get into that, we get into the weeds of that. And, and oftentimes it's a life coaching scenario that happens because in order for us to be giving of our highest, greatest selves to another person in a relationship, we have to feel that for ourselves first. We have to feel like, yeah, I love my life. I love my friends. I love my job. I love, I love, 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 love. I'm full of love. And now I want to share that with somebody. And we become magnetic. Our, our vibration elevates. But when we're like, I hate my job. Everything sucks. <laughs> like, who's going to want to date that?
0: <laughs> you know, right.
1: like, who's going to want to hang out with that? <laughs>
0: Oh, I love the energy. It's just awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. So let's just do a little case study here. Let's say uh, you okay. have a, a, a client. Let's just say her name is, I don't know, Stephanie. I'm just making it all right. She's 30 years old. She's a lawyer. And okay. she's the same like, person you just, just described. What is the number one thing you tell her you need to do in order for you to put yourself on track so you can find somebody to share your life with or be in a relationship? Wow.
1: Phenomenal question. So this goes into my Dating with Power and Purpose program. It's a 90-day immersion, and this is exactly the system that we go through. So step one, what I would tell Miss Stephanie is, girl, you have to get really clear on what you want for you your life your ideal life what does stephanie want for stephanie because that is going to determine what kind of partner is going to be most suitable for you okay so a lot of people are unclear with what they want for themselves in their lives so they just reflexively say, I just want somebody who I click with. I want somebody who I can like hang out with and do fun things with. Okay, but a relationship is so much more than that, right? A relationship is a co-creation. It is a mastermind of two. It's a lot of energy that you're, that you're looking to, you know, have with another person for the creation of something unique that you're both gonna build. So if you don't know what you want for you, then how can you possibly determine Who is the best person for me? So a lot of people are just kind of floating around. So that would be the number one thing I would say. Get very, very clear on your goals, what you want for yourself, from everything, from where do you want to live? Where do you want to travel? How do you want to live with, like, how do you want to be with friends? Like, what's your social life about? What books are you reading? Where are you going to learn? What are you doing to nourish yourself? What's your self-care? We go through each aspect of their lives, and that's when they realize No wonder I'm having a hard time finding somebody good. I'm not good to myself. They start to create that connection. They're like, no one's going to commit to me. I'm not committed to myself. So then we start to look at, okay, well, what made you say that? Where are you not committed to yourself? Everything. Look at how I work. I work, you know, this girl, Stephanie, potentially lawyer, trying to become a practice, uh, what is it, a partner, you know, what you're looking at sixty hours a week, your whole life is that, and you're not sleeping right, you're not eating right, you're not working out. you're you know g- coming home ordering food, eating it, standing up at your sink, and you're making all this money, but you can't even take the takeout and put it on a nice plate with a napkin, nice glass, nice. light a candle, put some nice music, chill like soothe yourself like, take the day off and sit at a table or even in front of the TV and you want to put on a little Netflix or whatever and just ease into your day. But no, it's, it's this hurried life. And that's what these people typically find. And so I always say, let's get a self-care practice going. Let's look at the other aspects of your life, your family, the things that matter to you. And just recreate and rejigger. And, you know, you can do all of it but what they end up finding out is they end up working more efficiently and less because it's a story that they're saying it's a story they're saying i have to be here this long you don't you don't have to be at work 14 hours a day it's ridiculous you don't
0: right exactly and and that is that is really a nice perspective and a, a very powerful one at that because Uh, I know a few people who are listening to the show can truly, truly relate to that. They're like, hey, I am that same way. And now that you have listened to her, you know what you need to do and obviously get in touch with her. So where can the people who are listening to this show can get in touch with you?
1: So you can find me at lovequestcoaching.com. That's just the hub where everything is. You'll see all my different programs and like what I offer. Um, a full-on bio on me, my backstory. I go deep with it. I'm super transparent. Um, you can also check out um just find my name, Lisa Concepcion, LoveQuest on um YouTube. So you can do that youtube's great i have about oh, close to 600 videos on my youtube channel oh wow all of them Amazing. like this type of stuff like yeah right. a lot of and i go in it like i i give coaching like i don't people are like oh my god you give so much and i'm just like i'm all about like gary vaynerchuk i'm like give the people what they want right like, just go because you know what it is like you'll see a 10 minute 20 minute 30 minute video with me um and you'll watch it on youtube and you know, some people have said like, I've binged your channel and then like it led me to you because I felt like finally I was ready to take the step, but they were getting a lot of value from my channel. So yeah, you can check out LoveQuestCoaching.com. Um, from there, you scroll all the way down, there'll be the link to my YouTube. And that's the banner all over social media. Also Instagram, I do Instagram TV. On Instagram, I'm at Lisa the Love Coach. So you, if people here like to do Instagram, everybody has their platform don't you
0: know speaking Everybody of platforms exactly which thing. which one is your favorite platform that you like this if i can have just one social media platform that would be it i'm good
1: if i would roll with just one i would have to say facebook oh really yeah
0: interesting i would
1: have to say facebook i would i would say facebook because two reasons um the level of interactivity uh, that happens on Facebook, doesn't really happen on other, uh, on other pl- platforms. Um, I tend to post a lot of thought-provoking content. So I'll get like 52 comments on a post <laughs> or more. <laughs> and, you know, and people are really in it. And, and you know, and, and also then there's the Facebook group, which I have. Um, it's called Love Talk for Success-Minded People. So there's, you know, a group that I formed and it's grown. It's, you know, it just started. So I started to go the route of that. Um, but yeah, Facebook's been a good, good platform. I have a good following there. Um, I've established a brand there. I'm able to post video, go live can go live on Instagram. Also Instagram would be number two for me. So um, I'm Facebook, Instagram, and then YouTube. I just post my content on YouTube. Um, as because it's a search engine and it's just smart to be there. Right. Right. Um, some videos, it's very random. Some videos I have like 300 and something thousand views and then others I have like 67 views, it's crazy. Anyway, the algorithm is like blows my mind, I don't get it.
0: Exactly, so if you were to have your ideal client, who would that be specifically? And meaning, if you have this person, or whether it be he or she, whoever that person is, right? If you have this person, like, oh my God, if I get clients like that, that will truly, truly fulfill my life.
1: Yeah, I'll describe, I'll describe like two people that I'm working with right now, I'll roll them into one. So, number one, they are. Urgent about their problem. They're like I cannot live like this anymore. Period. That's number one. Number two They are committed to taking a massive action and going all-in on themselves to solve this problem and then I can show up for them to the degree that they show up for themselves and then magic happens. And then they are very committed to the process. They're journaling, they're doing all of the side work. They're, you know, we're just super co-creating in their own journey and it's delicious and the breakthroughs are amazing. So it's somebody who's like really ready to go all in, whether it's I'm 38 years old and I haven't dated in three years because I was in something and it ended and I haven't been right in my mind since. Or I see patterns, I I date the wrong people and I last in these relationships too long, that's a common thing. Or I settle, I see a lot of people settling, that's a big thing. Um, People who do very well and then they feel guilty, like oh, if I'm up here and I'm making all this money and I'm doing okay, I can't make it that like, That guy, you know, he's nice, but I can't make him take me out. I'll take us both out. And then you have my girlfriend. You're, like, practically, you know, caring for this guy like he's your child. So there's some of that. And vice versa happens with guys, with women. A lot of men have rescue complex. They like to rescue the damsel in distress. You know, they have the whole, like, I paid for her. I I took her in. We moved in after four months and and they get all swirly about that. So I have that. So yeah, it's like it's people who are full on committed to solving their problem, whatever that might be. That's like my ideal client because those are the people who really show up. They really, really do the work and they get an amazing result.
0: Awesome. You just hit up on a couple of few things that I'm like, really, really curious about it. Like far as far as your mindset goes, like the, the what how do I call this? This always happens to me. I always find the bad guy. <laughs> but yeah. So how do you transition those kind of people in terms of their mindset to say, let's change it, flip it around to something yeah. more positive? I'm just
1: curious. Um, Well, I do it in a few ways. Um, First and foremost, I like to get to the root of where those beliefs came from in the first place. So I do a lot of inner bonding work. I love that process. It's awesome. It basically, it's similar to inner child work. I don't know if you're familiar. But basically what you're going to do through this process is you're going to revisit parts of yourself, wounded parts of yourself, from your past and you're going to show up for them as you are now to nurture them and forgive them and take over. So we have a lot of adult people making a lot of money, but they're dating from their 15-year-old self or their 11-year-old self. They have arrested development because of trauma. I had it. Same. I was in my marriage for like 90% of the marriage as like a nine-year-old. Dealing with the wounds and the triggers and all that of that version. Another was the 16-year-old. So. I told, when I came through this and I said to my husband, I'm like, you can't even imagine the work I did. And how, what I came through to realize is that I had to go back. So I helped my clients do exactly that. Go back to the origins. Some of it, it's kids that come from divorce. My parents divorced when I was three. That set the tone for a whole slew. And then how I was parented because of it led to a whole programming that way so a lot of it is revisiting traumas perceptions beliefs things that aren't really true but there's stories that we tell ourselves because as little kids we have to tell these stories and connect the dots for our own survival there's coping mechanisms it's things that we do but they're not really serving us a lot of it's ego so it's a lot of that kind of work and it's wonderful because when it is when it is confronted, it's transformed almost instantly. It, it's beautiful work of self-forgiveness. It's, um, you know, going back to that little kid who, let's say, um, a little kid who's four, and they get in trouble because their baby brother who's, who's no, older brother who's six, it's their birthday, But they're four, and they don't get presents, but the brother got all the presents, so they cry, they get in trouble, they get sent to their room, and this four-year-old's like, I don't know what I did wrong, like, he got all the presents, and and I want presents too, and I'm not loved, and I'm not worthy, because I didn't get presents when I was four, so forevermore, he then tells a story He's not worthy. The brother is the favorite. The older brother always got the better attention, the better stuff. So it perpetuates a belief that then permeates school, relationships, everything, everything. So the early beliefs that we start to formulate from ages, I mean, it, we can get really into it and do like in utero stuff, stress that happened while you were in as like fetus in your mommy's belly. Um, if Yeah, hardcore. Like, you know, when you're a little, little baby in utero any traumas that happen you're absorbing them at the cellular level so you can do past regression and regress to that and heal a bunch of stuff that way as well it's phenomenal work but most of the stuff that happens between ages like two until 14 that 12 year is like you're a sponge and every program your parents are throwing at you those beliefs and the perceptions that you're creating in your own mind, they form the pathways of your mind. So then we grow up and we're in a relationship and we don't know why we're triggered, why we're triggered because somebody does something to us and really what they're triggering is the version of you who's nine or a version of you who's 12. And so maybe your parents divorced when you were eight years old and now your girlfriend's going on a business trip and she's mentioning how there's this guy at her office and they're all staying in a hotel together and now you're like having, you're like freaking out. You're like, does this guy like her? Like, am I supposed to be worried now? Or vice versa, a man with a woman, right? Same, girls thinking, my God, my boyfriend's going away on this business trip and there's this girl at his office and I swear I think she likes him. I saw her at the Christmas party. She was totally looking at him. Now they're going away together. Oh my God. And all of this is triggering that little girl who had eight, parents got divorced and she felt like she was going to die. She didn't know where, where's dad? Where's mom? Where am I going to live? Who's going to take my stuff? Where am I going to sleep? Like little kids, they feel like they are going to die. They have no idea what the normalcy is going to be so later in life if you didn't heal that version of you when you were little which who does you just go along through life you end up in a relationship and you're just like why am i freaking out over this ridiculous thing i trust my boyfriend he's a great guy he would never do anything like that to me and if he did that's unfortunate then i gotta go And a lot of people can't roll that way because they still haven't done that healing, that inner healing of those past versions of them who are in charge of jealousy, um, expectation, resentment, um, just all of this past stuff that often gets projected onto the relationship that we're in. And that's what the form of relationship is. It's, relationship is exactly that. It's to, show, it's to show up for somebody and have them show up for you in a way that brings up whatever is necessary to heal, so that then you could grow and you can you know move forward and, and advance as a human. Right. Oh so it's a very God. you know it's a, it's a, relationships are more than just like, you know, let's eat dinner and like watch you know Netflix." <laughs> 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 There's a lot more to it. and we don't realize it because we get caught up in the day-to-day but you know there's a lot of relating that happens and a lot of uh underbelly of stuff emotionally that we have the opportunity to work out within our relationships we don't have to go outside of a relationship we could acknowledge and be like whoa like you just said something to me and i'm not even kidding you it it like pushed a button in me That made me think of this thing that happened with my mom when I was like 16 Like the tone that you took with me. Oh my god I want to like rip your heart out with a spoon right now, but I love you and I know like it's not me here talking to you It's another version of me who's obviously Is in need of me of my attention and my love and when you learn the process of like let me have a minute to like walk around the block or just like be alone or have a shower or whatever to get inward, to go inward and be like, my love, my 16 year old love, beautiful girl. What's the deal? What are you feeling right now? And then you be there with your feelings. I'm feeling afraid. I feel like this guy is going to dump me. I feel like this. I feel like that. Okay. So let me tell you the truth of what's going on. I love you more than everyone, anyone ever could. Number one. And so if this guy decides that he doesn't want to be with us anymore, then we automatically don't want to be with him. It's that simple. But we always have each other and I will never leave you and you're never alone. And I love you. And when you talk to yourself like that, then you're a badass.
0: Wow, that is, oh, I don't know, I'm like a speechless like this, man. Because, the, because the details and the level of technology and science you go through is like truly mind-blowing, and obviously anybody who wants to get with you, they can get with you, and they're going to truly, truly be inspired, number one, and find the level of the life, whether they're a man or woman or whoever that is. So
1: Yeah, so that- well, you started with first love of my life, me, and then out.
0: Right, And then so you're we, like
1: beacon, then you're like magnetic Then everybody wants to be around. Everybody wants to be around the person who loves themselves.
0: Right. I, I couldn't agree anymore. Like that is truly the thing because the way I look like at it and the way you explain it, I think we we're on the same page. Is like, if you love yourself, that's how you're going to view the world. But if you don't like yeah. yourself, you have interference with yourself or some negative feeling, but that's how you're going to truly view your, view the world that you're in. And that's going to exactly. change. So exactly. So what? What advice would you give after somebody goes through your process, right? Change mm-hmm. the mindset and everything else. And they're like, oh, now I'm ready for dating. So yeah. what's the first step?
1: <laughs> ah, nice. Okay. So then this, of course, this ends up like, okay, Lisa, I did the work. Like, where is he? Where is she? So I always say, um, you know, in the pursuit of your best life, existing joyously, going out with friends, doing things that advance you. Um, things that you're truly interested in on your own um, in that in that circle vibing on that level you become this beacon where like you can I mean you can go to the store and meet somebody you don't have to like only be Friday between 8 p.m. and 1 in the morning. <laughs> it, you know, it doesn't, the universe is like when you're ready boom it's coming you know so I would say you know number one just speak it into existence. You know, be really mindful of your words. Um, release the attachment to the outcome and just know that it's coming. Know that there is somebody for you and that he's he or she is on their way. And the best way to call them in and to attract them is to just live your best life and do what you genuinely love to do. You love going biking on every Sunday? Then get your bike and go because You might get thirsty and you might stop your bike, go into a a shop to get a juice and boom, there's your person right there. So it's just, you have to live joyously. And that's the thing where we get very wrapped up in career and work and all of that. It steals our joy and we end up living for the work and not working for the life, right? We're working to pay for an amazing life so yeah
0: that's that's great so okay can we move forward to the next stage where okay i got myself i'm in love with myself i found somebody based on what the advisor said and then now i'm dating this person for let's say a month and now we're we're really really good like oh my god this is going great now yeah the the first month. exactly now there's a possibility that like we're gonna move in but i got this second guess is like i'm not ready for it but he's ready for it or she's ready for it but he's not ready for it kind of thing is there anything you would like to share on that
1: okay so yeah so the biggest mistake people make is that they rush things they don't allow enough time for the relationship to develop and be created because the two people are creating their own type of relationship right um so i often say to people everything should be done in 90 day increments So your courtship allow 90 days for a full courtship meaning no living together. No, none of understand the pacing of a relationship. So the first 90 days, the most you should be doing with each other is like a road trip. Maybe that's like the first time where you'll like go away together for like a weekend, you know, um, you're, you're starting to meet each other's friends. The first three months, it's really, do I like this person? Do we have shared values? Are we wanting the same things out of life? Do we like the same stuff? It's very more of that. And it's, are they aligned with where I'm going in my life? Remember earlier, it's a life vision. And in the first 90 days, you're determining if this person is aligned with your life vision because you're with you no matter what. Take the person and cut-paste new people. You're with you no matter what. So they have to be a fit for you. So that's what the first 90 days is about. Are we sexually compatible? Do we, you know, like the same stuff? Are we directed in our lives? Do our work schedules jive together? Can I see myself with this person? Can I see myself involving my family with this person? It's all those, you know, early on types of things. Now because my content is all over the place and I need to be absolutely authentic with my content. In my situation, per, per, uh, personally, I met my current boyfriend of four years, almost his father on our second date. So what happened was I met my boyfriend the next day after we met, his dad came to visit him in Miami. And I said, oh, honey, if you want to put this thing on ice for a week so you can be with pops, I'm on board because I am from the same place he's from, New York. Parents come to Miami from New York. You are on parental lockdown for a week. You don't see anything you need. Parents, that's it. So I understood that. So I said, you know, we can can pick this back up in a week. I understand. No, (laughs) I'm going out with you. I'm taking you out tomorrow night. My dad, I'll be with him during the day. And then at night we can go out. I'm like, okay, totally up to you. We went out, we had a fantastic date. Following two days later, I, I, because of my social media and kind of a local influencer and all this, I get an invitation from a restaurant here inviting me to do uh, a tasting. So when these restaurants ad, ask me to come for a tasting, they bring me like half the menu. I'm bagging things up. I feel wasteful. I'm like, I always end up like texting friends, come help me eat. So I said to him, hey, what did you and your dad do for dinner? Like, have you guys have plans for dinner? And he's like, no, not at all. I go, well, I have a hookup and I'm thinking you guys can help me out. I need help eating all this food. So he's like, hold on a minute. So he's like, hey, dad, Lisa, Lisa has a hookup at a restaurant and she wants to know if we can come and help her eat the food. And I hear the dad in the background, let's do it. So they were on board. So they come pick me up in an Uber. Boyfriend gets out of the car to like let me in the Uber. And they went all out. They got like an Uber XL, Mercedes, like a whole thing. It was really cute. And I go walking up to the car. He goes to put me in and the dad says, hey, sh- hey she can sit back here with me. <laughs> So, so funny. So I poke my head in the car and I was like, I said, you and I are going to get along just fine. So we sit, we had a, the best time, but this is a very, um, you know, odd situation. It's not a likely situation. This was just a thing. Cause I live in Miami and people here visit and what have you. But point of it is, I knew though, that I wanted to meet his parents his family. Obviously eventually I wasn't planning on it on my second date But I was able to roll that way and I liked it because it showed a sense of Confidence I wasn't overthinking it. I had an invitation. I was just being generous and gracious about it um I wanted to see the apple by which the tree fell. <laughs> no, reverse the tree by which the apple fell. Thank you very much. And and it was nice. It was great. We had a great time. You know, ball game on the TV, the whole thing. It was wonderful. You know, it was a really fun time. But you know, I find that the first ninety days, because what ended up happening was after that we started to continue dating, and in that time frame, the first ninety days, it was. Figuring each other out and taking things, you know slowly and just really Enjoying our time together and learning more and more about one another and our past marriages and what we learned from them and how that formed us and our business goals our individual goals you know, where, where we want to be, where we want to go. So yeah, that's pretty much the first 90 days. And then once the first 90 days goes and you're like, okay, I'm exclusive. I'm not seeing anybody else. I'm only seeing you like, let's do this. Then month three to six, that's when you're like, you know, let's go to somewhere or let's, have a weekend getaway or let's go see my family up north maybe it's the holidays you split it whatever but you start to now bring in the outside world more in your your trusted friends your colleagues even you know you start to bring her around or him around your business associates you know it starts to get a little deeper start to get a little more connected that way And then, you know, month six, I I always say, like, don't move in with anybody until you've seen a whole entire rotation around the sun. (laughs) Like, go a whole year, see what they're like sick. You know, you want to see what they're like sick. You want to see what they're like when, like, some crisis happens. You want to get a feel for how their money game is. You know, you want to know. You want to see what their place is like, how they keep their place. Is it it somebody that you can can see yourself living with this person? You know, there's a lot of data that needs to be acquired. That you know, especially when a lot of people busy schedules, they might only date once a week, twice a week. They might not be seeing each each other more than three days a week, right? So, there's a lot of information that you want to get clear. I see a lot of people rushing into living situations, and I'm like, dude, it's not a roommate. This is like someone who is romantically entangled. And then when you realize I don't want to live with this person anymore, it becomes this big drama and this big thing, you know, there's a lease. Okay. So we have to finish out the lease, but we're not together. So how am I going to date other people? It's a mess, mess. You want to really be sure that when you move in with somebody that you have some sort of standard for yourself. And you know, if it's, if it's women, a lot of women, you know, they're like, I don't move in without a ring period. I have my own place. I coach very type A, high power people. So I'm talking to girls coaching women, you know, in their thirties, they have beautiful condo, beautiful home, whatever. And they're like, I have a place, you know, and the ones that, and the ones who don't, you know, they're renting or whatever. They're, they're still like, I, I hold myself. I'm good. I don't need to be moving in with a man to play shack up. I'm looking for the real deal. And men with women, a lot of men have been burned. A lot of men, oh, I moved in with my girlfriend and it only prolonged a relationship that should have ended sooner because they had a lease and because they had things and furniture. And it was so difficult to end it that they dragged it out longer and it shouldn't have been. So I've seen a lot of men come away with that and they end up losing money and yeah, not good. So there has to be a level of trust, a lot of trust before you move in. I'm four years in with my boyfriend this May. And August, we had the plan to move in together and merge our lives. And yeah, it's like a major
0: thing. Awesome, awesome. It's exciting, tell- yeah. Well, first of all, I just want us to take uh, this opportunity to say you are a bundle of joy. I love <laughs>
1: <laughs> So are you. I love it. <laughs>
0: I'm I'm hopeful that your
1: audience gets like a lot of good, you know, nuggets and a lot of things that make them say, huh? Hmm. Hmm. Because that's where you grow. That's when you're like, Hey, you know what? My boyfriend's been on my ass to ask me to move in with him since like the second month. I feel like he might have mommy issues. He wants someone to cook and clean for him. That's probably why he wants me to move in with him and just getting into the conversation and saying, baby, you know, like I really, really, really love you like a lot. Right. Yeah. Yeah, babe. So like this whole, like moving in together thing, I know like we're, we're six months in eight months in like you're really, really into it. And I just want to know, like, what's the motivation behind that for you? What does living together look like for you? And if he's like, well, it's just because when I go to sleep, I want to know that you're there. (laughs) So cute. So cute, right? Like, I'm in love with you, and that's it. And I just want to, like, when I go to sleep, I want to cuddle up. And then it's like, really? Like, well, what else? Tell me. And you just give them that freedom open to express, you know. Well, here's the thing he'll say, or she'll say. Well, you know how, like, when we cook dinner, like, we have two of everything, and like, I have to come and bring everything, and then we go to the supermarket and buy stuff. And I love that, and it's fun, and it's a good weekend, and whatever. But I feel like. You know, we're so good together that, like, why not just do this all the time? Okay, that's kind of like a roommate situation. Yeah, and I don't want a roommate. Like, I did that life, but you're my person. I want you in my life. Got it. So, what would that mean to you? Is it moving in because it's convenient, or is it moving in as the beginning to building something else? Meaning, What are we doing? Money, finances. Like, are we going to like start merging that yet? I I really feel it's a conversation we need to have because this is a train that's leaving the station. And if it's not all aboard. mm, mm -mm. (laughs) So there are a lot of other conversations that have to happen. So my hope is that, you know, people watching this really take their relationships seriously if you're just dating to date and have fun and you're like, "Listen, I just got out of something, I'm not ready for the real deal. I just want to heal and like hook up and do my thing." Honey, have at it. But if you're really looking for that person, that partner, that true confidant, that person that's going to be your ride or die, you know, the real co-creative partner to your life, um you really have to get very clear on what you want for yourself so that you have a vision for you and then you can ascertain this person is appropriate and aligned with that vision. Awesome. There awesome. you go.
0: And once again, <laughs> you truly are a bundle of joy. And I love you <laughs> love your energy, you love the way you explain things, Thank love you. you give example. And there's like so many different things I could say. But it's truly it's been a pleasure. So I wanna ask you one more question, but I don't want to, I don't know if you have enough time or whatever. I do. But yeah. Awesome, love it.
1: (laughs) I mean, actually, I have, I I do have a seven (laughs) o'clock session. I totally just looked at the time. I can talk to you forever.
0: (laughs) No, that's fine. So what just quickly, so where can people find you and give your information?
1: Okay, Um, so people can find me at lovequestcoaching.com and there I offer a free love life assessment. So you can click the button, fill out the form, and I get back with your specific answers to your specific questions. So it's not just, you know, an algorithm thing that's spit out. No, it's me. It's me directly. So if you have any questions at all, hit me up. LoveQuestCoaching.com.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much.